I got to hand it to Tom Cruise, man. I haven't seen his new movie, and I want to see it. Uh, I have to find the right time, and I have to be in the right mood. But I was watching the first, I think it might have been the first Mission Impossible. I've been I've been noticing in, in the Watkins household that I'm going backward in time, and I'm looking at things. I, I'm, I'm kind of avoiding the new stuff. Uh, just because the old stuff is just so great. And it's like rediscovering, sometimes even discovering for the first time. I don't know where you are, but where I where I am, I think probably where you are too, they were doing a Star Wars marathon on TNT, which was really cool. And I could go back and watch uh, the first Star Trek, and, or not Star Trek, Star Wars, and the second and the third. And it just... It's a, it's an, I don't know, maybe it's the age, but boy, it was even more fun just watching it and, uh, and reliving it, uh, reliving the fun memories of standing in line with my high school buddies and talking about which characters. In fact, we did a stage play in my high school where everybody got to play a different character and I got to tr- dress up as C3PO. And I mean, that's what the, that's what the so great about the past because the present sucks. I'll just say that right here and now. The present sucks with a with a capital S. Uh, I can't get away from it, and I'm sorry. I feel sorry for my children. I, I feel sorry for my grandchildren. I feel sorry that we're going to be leaving. Our legacy will be a bunch of buffoon leaders who, who are destroying this, this planet. It's not us. It's not you and me, I guarantee you. Um, and welcome to the Robert Dobby Show. Jim Watkins filling in, the Renaissance man uh, in absentia. And so we will continue to carry the torch of freedom and liberty forward. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Everything, every story I tell you has a, a double entendre, sometimes even a triple entendre. Sometimes it's something that I even discover. But no words are wasted on this program. Every word is chosen for a reason. And we are constantly trying to keep you from getting sucked in to the illusion that is uh, the modern life. For example, I'll give you an example, the the J6 hearings. Now, there's a lot of things I will never watch if I ever am given the opportunity to watch. I will never watch, for example, a public hanging, okay? Uh, I will never watch a mock trial going on in a third world country where you have a bunch of political leaders who are trying to take each other out through the use of law. Uh, and that's exactly what's happening here. I refuse to watch the J6 hearings uh, because they, they've created their own little illusion. This is an illusion. You know, these people, uh, they're operating under the assumption that they have this inherited great power where just by the mere fact of getting together being elected officials that they create their own judiciary you know today and i think started yesterday sunday even the local and i pay attention because the local news in your area my area are really just receptacles for the drip down of the of the 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 gook and the filth that runs down down drain from the network so they just regurgitate what the network feeds them and so the regurgitation this weekend was that the January 6th uh, committee hearings feel they have enough to indict Trump. Now, uh, you know, if you haven't heard the phrase before, you can indict a mailbox. Okay? You can indict 
a frog if you want to. You can indict anything because an indictment is merely you asserting that you think you have the evidence to prove your case, regardless of whether you do or not. That's for the law to decide, not you. You represent one side of the argument, and that's what the J6 committee is. They're asserting that they believe in their heart of hearts. Well, actually, they don't believe it at all. They just have ulterior motives that uh, that Trump orchestrated the January 6th riots, which they call and refer to the resurrection, the insurrection. Boy, we need a resurrection is what we need. Okay, so that's that's the issue. It's, it's so simple that even a child could figure this out. Just like a child could easily figure out by watching the videos uh, that that it wasn't Trump's fault that the Capitol Police stood down. It wasn't Trump's fault that Nancy Pelosi denied up the request of, of having the National Guard come in. It wasn't Trump's fault that the embedded FBI agents didn't report to the authorities of what was going on. And actually, we're probably in many cases urging on the fellow whatevers. It wasn't Trump's fault that there were late-night switcheroos going on in key, key cities like Madison and Charlotte and Philadelphia and Phoenix, where there was all of a sudden these boxes showing up with, with tons of mail-in ballots. It wasn't Trump's fault. Trump, Trump was just trying to ask the right questions because a lot of people are asking the question, how the hell did Joe Biden get elected? <laughs> and and you know the funniest thing about it all is is that you've got the Democrats that are that are doing this J6 monkey trial and then when the news reports it they they then go to the next story. Well, what's the next story? America is falling apart under Joe Biden. So on the one hand they're trying to convince Americans to hate Donald Trump so he doesn't come back and become the president again. God forbid. But yet, by their own admittance, it was a better world when Donald Trump was president. Wasn't it? Gas prices were $2.20. More black and African-American people of color were working. Wages were up for the first time. The only thing that devastated the Trump uh, presidency, notwithstanding the constant barrage of lawsuits and impeachment hearings that the guy was under, uh, was was the COVID, and and he was so distracted. You remember that he was being impeached in January of 2020, right after COVID had been discovered. Now, let me ask you a question. As I know it, Diane Feinstein and Nancy Pelosi have a lot of ties to the Chinese. Okay, now you think that they would have been the first ones to sort of warn, perhaps, our Department of Health or maybe the NIH, or Fauci, of course, probably knew all along. But you think somebody would have said, you know, maybe this impeachment could be put off for a little while while we concentrate on this virus epidemic that is coming our way. Did they do that? No. They proceeded, and they dragged the entire country through an impeachment, and this is the other irony, through an impeachment involving a a foreign ruler of Ukraine because Trump dared ask, is your country still co- too corrupt? And they tried to get him for that, for, for leveraging tax dollars in the form of aid to Ukraine in exchange for a political favor because he was asking if there was corruption with Burisma. And it involved Biden, who we happened to be running against in the 2020 elections. 
Now, the Democrats thought he was using his leverage to get dirt on Biden, which would have been against the law. That would have been improper for a president to do. And isn't it ironic that we're in a war, we're selling billions of dollars of weaponry to the very same man that Trump had a conversation with asking, is your country free of corruption? Now, I don't know about you, but it doesn't take a lot of uh, you know, examination of the situation to figure out that the Democrats are really deceptive. And this whole commitment, that's why I refuse to watch it. It's, it's what you would expect to see in the Saddam Hussein administration. It's what you'd expect to see in a Putin administration. It's what you'd expect to see in a Castro. Well, he's not there anymore, but you get my drift. Pick another despot. How about Maduro? How about the guy that runs Venezuela into the ground? He is constantly putting his political opponents on trial and threatening to put them in jail. And all of those people that were there who so-called breached the building as they were being invited in by the tour guides, which it seemed to me, I'm not playing lie to the fact that there was, there was a lot of problems on that day. There was a lot, there was plenty of negligence to go around. What I'm saying is it's, it's getting more and more challenging to believe that our political leaders are doing the right thing about anything. They seem to have screwed everything up. And that's why it's so much more fun to go back 30 years when things were much better, when movies like Star Wars were dazzling us and entertaining us and letting us believe in the hope of the Force. May the Force be with you. <laughs> uh, and, and so that's where we're standing today. And I, and I have to laugh because... The, the ridiculous not, uh, the ridiculous of it all you it's it's comical it's like watching the Keystone cops and they're everywhere so we have an interesting show for you uh, here on the program so st stay with me we're gonna take a look at the Justin Bieber thing we got actually there's quite a little a lot of notes we've got uh, we're gonna discuss today I want to talk about this interesting thing that's happening between Fox News and Newsmax. Very interesting if you're following it. Uh, and we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. So don't go anywhere. We're also going to break down the benefits of electric vehicles versus the benefits of fossil fuels. And we'll do that too. And I think you'd be fascinated by what I've had to find. Anyway, stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Robert Davi Show. I'm Jim Watkins, and we'll be right back. Welcome back. And I, I don't know. I made a list of stuff that I wanted to talk about today. And all of it is so good. Uh, just stuff that go, comes at me. I do a lot of weekend reading, I have to say. I, you know, I do want to talk about these these uh, white nationalists. Listen, I'm going to admit right up front that I, I don't have a lot of detail as to who these people were, nor do I really care. Uh, I'm not into white nationalists. Not because I, I'm not white and I don't love my country, but I, I want to stay as far away as possible from people that go around wearing white stuff on themselves and, and getting groups. It was such a stupid story. I mean, I've been to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I don't know if you heard the story this weekend, but it's Pride Month, right? So in every park, in every city in the United States, every weekend, all the all the gay and lesbian folk come out with their multicolored uh, flags and they're celebrating, right? They're all celebrating. 
uh, which is okay, fine, whatever. But apparently, this group of white nationalists, I don't even know what their names, the Patriotic Brothers or the the Brothers of Patriotism or something. Anyway, uh, that was, of course, the big story. The, the, the press wanted to run to run with it because anything that shows that kind of activity plays to their narrative that it's an ex- existential crisis, which it is not. Uh, the white supremacists of this country are like the, the low-hanging fruit. They are what the smash and grabs in inner cities are. You know, people that are just, they, they, they ain't got much going on. They like to hang, hang out with each other and commit crimes and act tough. Uh, but, you know, I mean, here's a couple of examples of how bright these people are not. For example, you know how they got caught? They got caught because they were all observed at a nearby Motel 6, all uh, stepping into a U-Haul truck. Now, if you were a white nationalist and you were to go through all the trouble of of zeroing in on Coeur d'Alene from Colorado or Texas or Tennessee, some of these guys came from God knows where. Would you do that? Would you go through all that trouble just to finally get to your last stop? It's kind of like that guy with the Brett Kavanaugh. He goes through all that trouble to get there. He gets all the supplies. He gets the airplane. He drives there. And then what does he do? He calls 9-11 and turns himself in and describes everything that he has with him. Now, why would you be so stupid to do that? Why would you be stupid like these guys where they they put on these white, like, sweat blockers or whatever we, we all use during COVID? I mean, you know, they could have just got... In 95 masks and nobody would have noticed them they would have looked normal they would have no no let's put on the white thing that looks makes us look like kkk and let's all crawl into a u-haul nobody will notice a thing i promise that's what they that that's what i'm saying they don't represent anybody other than stupid people they're like the low-hanging fruit now, look, I, I, I'm not against anybody, and, and they're, if they're proud of your country, great. But you don't have to be proud of your country at the expense of hating other people for whatever reason. You can have pity on them. You can even be annoyed by them. But but the hating is just there's no room for that. It never accomplishes anything. Read your Bible. You'll know. Anyway, so, um, but on the other flip side of the coin... I didn't think it was at all appropriate for the Tonys and whoever was hosting the Tonys to actually come out and say on a number of occasions that white people need no longer apply. I thought that was rather rude. Here I am. I'm spending my time watching television. I told my wife, you know, I don't know much about stage, but, you know, I, I appreciate those actors. You know, stage performances is a very hard thing to do. And I tuned it in, and the first thing I hear them talking about is how that everybody's invited to the party except for white people. I'm not making this up. So I, I stand there and I say, well, you know, is it any wonder that you're you're really digging it in? Dig, dig, dig. And so why act so surprised when 16 guys with white socks over their heads crawl into a U-Haul headed to uh, get into an argument with a bunch of gay folk? Um, so really... Everybody needs to take a step back and not like and not act like idiots. Really, seriously, including the media, who want to just further their own narrative and, and draw the division wider. Anyway, so and then you've got this story, which I kind of caught up with over the weekend um, about the good. Uh, read this. 
so apparently there's a there's a women's hygiene. Uh, well, I'll just say it. Tampons are are, are they're short on tampons across the country, kind of like the baby formula thing. And um, so I, I decided to look into it. I wanted to see what what what's causing this, right? Uh, anyway, so I, I decided to do a Google search. Why is there a shortage on tampons? And just see what what popped out. So I saw this little nugget. Um, here it is. It's from Good Housekeeping. And it's entitled, What is Really Behind the Tampon Shortage? Uh, here's what to know and why. And there's one paragraph, which I hope to find. Uh, and by the way, Amy Schumer has nothing to do with it, but it goes through step by step what's happening. Why is there a shortage? And it says here, uh, during the global pandemic, supply chain issues have impacted the production and delivery of all sorts of products, but not all products are created equal. Some products like tampons are necessities and to the over 800 million people who need them on a daily basis, life can't really move on without them. Now, I, I, I immediately drew my eyes to the term people. Are there 800 million people who use uh, those little absorption devices? The last time I checked, and I, and I thought it was really funny because the author uh, in the opening paragraph says, you may have noticed that it's been increasingly difficult to find your go-to brand of tampons at the store lately. I recently sent my husband <laughs> to our local CVS to buy a box. He showed up with the wrong type, and of course, I assumed that he just wasn't looking hard enough. Now, let me tell you something. If that isn't a stereotype, I don't know what is. All right, come on, guys, fess up. How many times have you had to go to the store? I mean, I have memories of going to the store for my mom being embarrassed about this. Anyway, but I just interesting how they referred. I guess good housekeeping has gone woke by implying that it's not just women that needs the female hygienic device, but it's all people who use those things. And I'm wondering what what would a man use those? Would a man use those? I'm not sure. Perhaps. Not quite sure. But uh, anyway, the reason is because the same reason we're, we're missing out on the formula, because the materials that they make come from overseas, and there's a shortage of, of, of that. And that's what it's basically the same thing. It's yet another example of how our Department of Transportation and our Department of Commerce uh, and our Department of State are not working lock in key to make sure, in, in key step to make sure that we're getting through the day with just the basic necessities. And they always try to blame it on not people, but the events themselves. For example, the economy was destroyed, destroyed by the pandemic. No, not the pandemic. It was destroyed by the people's reaction to the pandemic. We're having a baby food formula, not because of a of uh, supply chain issues is because the people in charge of the supply chain have issues, namely that they shouldn't be in that position. So when we come back, let's continue to illustrate how the big lie just keeps getting bigger with Justin Bieber. Stay tuned. So we're going to get to that story, uh, and it's an interesting expose on news in America. Everything to me is a, is represents something. I was reading earlier uh, about how more and more people are starting to complain about the Disneyland experience or going to a Disney World resort. They're saying it isn't the same. There's a whole subculture 
I have found over the years of adults, and I, I wasn't aware of this. I've met a few people that are really crazy about Disney and they read books about the old days and they're sort of like, you know, it's fandom for Disney. And so you have a lot of people like myself who grew up in the environment of Disney when we were young, so we have a favorable opinion of it, which is why we get upset when they pull some of that stuff that they were doing earlier and then when you see all the people on TV talking about how they're going to queer up this and queer up that, you know, and so it sort of opened itself up to uh, endorsing woke policies that tend to, I think, offend people who are traditionalists like myself. Anyway, uh, but that's just one example uh, of, of something that is permeating and representing in my mind a deterioration of society or at least a deterioration of traditional values that have embraced that we've embraced in our society uh, another thing I, I talk about probably not enough is how this nation and even this world turned into a nation of idiots when it came to COVID we just stopped using our minds. We just became so afraid and so fearful that we were willing to believe anything that the experts were telling us, even if the experts themselves knew they were telling us things that weren't true. For example, the efficacy of the masks. Dr. Fauci is on record as saying that in, in the early days, he had recommended masks because he knew that people would feel good even though he also knew that they did nothing to mitigate the virus spread because the virus is so small. But you may not have known that. But it's true. And so it's an example of how the people that we trust betray us for reasons that sometimes are not obvious, but sometimes they are. Uh, clearly, there's a huge profit motive in the COVID, the way that we addressed COVID. It was also a great opportunity for too many people, in my opinion, who took it upon themselves to, shall we say, usurp power from the citizenry in, in, in an effort to, quote, protect them. For example, the leaders in New Zealand and Australia basically turned their countries into concentration camps for the most ridiculous of reasons, zero COVID cases. It's just, it still is ridiculous. China still hasn't learned that you're never going to be able to get rid of a virus once it's become viral because how do you do that it's like catching it's like catching flies with a butterfly net you're never going to catch them anyway so but the 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 most distressing thing as the fog continues to clear is the lies that people were willing to believe without question uh, and, and i can think of one example because i do a fair amount of research uh one of my things that I mentioned is I have a coronavirus update, which has been on all the major podcast platforms for well over a year, well over a million downloads. People liked it because it was five minutes of just the facts. And I would follow the numbers two, three times a week. And I would read the news and I would follow all the different, and I'm not bragging. What I'm saying is somebody had to do it because I couldn't trust what the media was doing. I couldn't trust it. It, it wasn't consistent. The messages you know, remember when don't touch surfaces uh, six feet away, then it became 12 feet. The safety zone was 12 feet. Stay indoors, stay at home. I mean, all of these things have turned out one by one to be false or ineffective. And even today, most people don't know, for example, 
that the side effects from the vaccines are exceeding 1.3 million reports. And that's what they estimate to be one-tenth of the actual number. So there may be 12 to 20 million cases of adverse effects from these supposedly safe COVID vaccines. And to the great extent, I will say, because I don't want to get people in trouble, I do think, and I've said this from the very beginning, that there are at-risk groups within the circles of society, older people with uh, advanced COPD or liver deterioration or kidney issues or diabetes, obesity. There's a whole range of underlying conditions that put people pretty close to the edge anyway of falling victim to anything, uh, a a flu, uh, anything that could take them out. And, And COVID certainly took out a lot of people. So do these vaccines prevent some of those deaths? Absolutely. I absolutely believe that uh, that the health community did come up with, I, I think the treatments were better, the therapeutic treatments would have prevented more deaths rather than wait for people to get so overwhelmed by the disease that they could no longer fight it. And I think history will show that I'm correct. A lot of people have said that, that are just like with de Blasio and and the guy from, from uh, uh, the one who was impeached, they were sending sick people into into rest homes, getting them next to vulnerable people, and that and that drove up the death rates and scared the hell out of all of us. So there's been 1.29 million adverse effects reported since these vaccines have been, uh, and they broke down all of the different things. This is the OpenVares com website you can check it out yourself open bears and it's extrapolated from the cdc's own information and it's all verified it's it's difficult to get but you can get it it's open to the public so there have been within that group of 1.29 million people who have adverse effects 4700 miscarriages uh, 200 or 28000 deaths within the first three three days to a week after getting a vaccine. Now, it's true. Some of these could have died anyway from COVID. We don't know. And sometimes they'll count the deaths of people who have COVID in their system, even though they've had a vaccine, and they'll count it as a COVID death. 53,000 people have been permanently disabled, permanently disabled. Much of those disabilities are nerve issues. Uh, shingles is another big problem. 14,000 people have had shingles or 41,000 with allergic reactions. Bell's palsy, 15,000. So that's about almost 30,000 people who have taken the vaccine and have ended up with some sort of a nerve ending issue. Some of these are related to smallpox. Some of these are related to the pox family. In my own uh, family, someone close to me got shingles. And they're still dealing with it. And they got it the day they got their booster. The chances of that happening is remarkably slim. And that's why, and and I want to tell this story because it's an important story. Early on, when, when someone I know very close to me got shingles, it was visibly clear that this person had been injured. And we went and had dinner with uh, a, a bunch of folks who were very much afraid and had been boosted up and had taken the vaccines and they were wearing the mask and they were completely compliant and they were following all the directions from the CDC. And not one of them, not one of these eight people, they all saw the injuries of the person that had gotten shingles. Not one of them, not one of them ever asked what happened. They didn't want to know. 
they don't want to know. When you go to the doctor and you say, you know, doc, uh, I'm having an issue with my arm. It, it's limpy. Or, you know, doc, uh, I'm having this weird menstrual bleeding. Uh, the doctors will never ask, well, did you get your vaccine shot recently? Because they don't want to know. They want to have that deniability, plausible den deniability. They don't want to be held responsible, even though the numbers do not lie. And that, I think, was the most disappointing thing. And that comes from the top down. That's our leadership. That's our leadership at work. And I don't know if we'll ever be able to recover from that. But I sure feel sorry for a lot of people that they're so easily led down that path of deception to the point where they're even afraid to ask the tough questions. We'll continue in just a moment. The Robert Dobby Show, Jim Watkins filling in. My website, thejimwatkinsshow.online. We will continue. I guess it's time to start turning overhead. You know, it's interesting to watch what's happening between Fox News and their closest competitor, Newsmax. I have been watching it, and I am obviously, I like, I watch probably more news than the average bear. Welcome back to the Robert Davi Show. Jim Watkins filling in. My website is thejimwatkinsshow.online. I post uh, generally new original articles, plus links to interesting news and, of course, these podcasts that appear as well. So uh, I'd like to grow with you. And if you are enjoying the show today, I was just telling Swade, I'm imagining, you know, somewhere in in uh, eastern Phoenix or in Mesa or maybe someone getting up at the early in the morning, getting ready to go get baby formula, which they can't find in Vegas or Colorado Springs, they're sitting there in their car driving feverishly, and now they're tasked with having to find tampons, and they can't find those either. And they got to pay $7 in gasoline just to drive around and find these things that are on the shelves. And that's who I'm talking to, you. So thank you for joining me on The Robert Davi Show. So uh, the Fox thing with is interesting because I have I I've, I've started watching Fox, I think, around 2005, it was pretty much after 9-11. I, I wasn't really a big news hound, and I don't think a lot of people were. We weren't used to the 24-hour. It was sort of the default, though, CNN's on if something broke, right? But I do I do remember being fans of some of the early hosts. Alan Combs was a good personal friend of mine, and so I enjoyed watching him with Hannity. But then it changed, and it became Hannity. And Bill O'Reilly was there, and I liked him because he seemed authentic, and then he was gone. And so it, it's become sort of uh, the antithesis of what it was supposed to be, which was fair and balanced, as fair as you could call fair. But it, it began to change over the years, and I understand that Fox and the, the, the upper echelons of power, there are three brothers, and two of them are staunchly left, and one of them is right, and then you have Murdoch who sits at the top of the pyramid of power. And over the weekend, they aired a special, I believe it was with Dana Perino, and they, uh, and they promoted a family who had a child who was born, who transitioned to a boy from a girl because at an early age, the child had indicated to the parents 
Somehow, she wasn't able to speak. She was born deaf. Anyway, so this was all on Fox, and it was basically, as they describe, pandering to the to the woke crowd and promoting transgenderism. And, of course, I've been clear on my positions about that. My positions are the same as they've always been, which we're, we're talking about a medical condition that has been that has been exploited and is being exploited by the medical community. Uh, remember, this is the same medical community that told us that opioids weren't addictive, that fentanyl was the new miracle drug, that all mental illness can be treated with medicine, and then they get people addicted on certain medicines that they can never get off of, and they're told, well, you can't stop, just stop taking that medicine. You'll, you could have a seizure. You could die. And so... You don't think, I mean, look, I, I don't think that doctors purpose, purposely become doctors because they want to mess with people's lives. I think people have good intentions. But the pharmaceutical industries are billion-dollar industries. And all you have to do is look at who sponsors the nightly news, and you can see that it's maybe half-dozen pharmacology, pharmaceutical companies. And they've got a pill for everything. And so I don't trust... Anytime there's money involved, I'm always going to... Of course Pfizer is going to say that their new vaccine is safe for kids. They're not the ones that telling you about... They wanted to hide their results of their early testing of their vaccine for 75 years. What does that tell you? And, and they're not, they're not going to tell you that their vaccines cause side effects. People aren't going to do studies on that. Just like people aren't going to do studies on a lot of things that would upset the food chain. Justin Bieber is never going to admit that that he took a vax and it may have caused him this nerve degenerative disease because then he would have to admit that he was wrong. And that's what the point of the last segment was. But what's happening now with Fox is that they have destroyed their their trust with their listenership. They started on the night that uh, that the 2020 elections when Arizona the totals were announced. They, they blew off 20 to 30% of their base. And now with this transgender thing, there goes another 10 to 15%. I've already taken their apps off. I, I, I don't like the direction they're heading to. Something tells me that they've lost their their sense of purpose, that they just want to be getting the, the, you know, the corporate dollars for advertising. And I get it. They got to pay the high salaries now of Jesse Waters and Greg and Gutfeld and his team and you know it's not cheap to run a network trust me but the fact is is that I like Newsmax I always have Chris Ruddy and I I would talk to him frequently when I booked him for other shows back in its infancy I don't think that they're perfect but I would be happy and I think a lot of people would be very happy to me Newsmax is what Fox used to be or what, what they tried to be just just journalism. But it's funny because now Newsmax is taking complete advantage of the situation because they know that middle America and a lot of people in America are very suspicious of this, this whole transgender movement. And for the right reason, because it involves children. Now, anybody who says that a five-year-old can determine their sex, for all, she, for all the parents knew, she was just trying to communicate that she wanted to play with toys. But I think it was Matt Welsh or someone else who said, you know, this is just glorified cosmetic surgery. And men do a great disservice to women when they want to dress up and play women. 
or play woman. And it should be offensive to women. Good Housekeeping, one of the most respected names in American marketing and products, saying that people menstruate, not women. I mean, it, it never ends with these people. Anyway, so while we have a few minutes, one more lie to dispel is about the current green energy system that we're all being sucked into, which is why our gas prices are going through the roof. And it's all this push for electric vehicles, right? But I want to share some facts with you about that. Now, bear in mind that organic materials pumped out of the ground for oil, you need about a thousand square feet to put the, you know, put the, the rig there and the pipes and everything. And it requires about 5,000 square feet if you want to get fossil fuels out of the ground. Now, a typical EV battery weighs 1,000 pounds. It contains 25 pounds of lithium, 60 pounds of nickel. This is per battery. 44 pounds of manganese, 30 pounds of cobalt, 200 pounds of copper, 400 pounds of aluminum, steel, and plastic. And inside there are over 6,000 individual lithium-ion cells. And you should know that a lot of these components come from mining. For instance, to manufacture each EV auto battery, you must process 25,000 pounds of brine for the lithium, 30,000 pounds for ore, for the cobalt, for the, for the cobalt, 5,000 pounds of ore for, for the nickel, and 25,000 pounds of ore for copper. All told, you dig up 500,000 pounds of the Earth's crust just for one battery and compare that to just a thousand square feet and a metal pipe that goes into the ground you should know that the electric vehicle battery does not make electricity it only stores electricity produced elsewhere primarily by coal uranium natural gas powered plants and occasionally by intermittent breezes and sunshine so the next time someone tells you that the ev is a for example a senator from michigan tells you that an electric vehicle is zero emission, think about the fact of all the energy that went into producing that one single battery. 20% of the electricity generated in the U.S. is from coal-fired plants. 20%. It follows that 20% of the EVs on the road are actually coal-powered. 40% of the electricity generated in the U.S. is from natural gas. So it follows that 40% of the electric vehicles on the road are fueled by natural gas. 20% of the electricity generated in the U.S. from nuclear. So it follows that for every EV, 20% of that electricity that goes into that EV is actually coming from a nuclear power plant somewhere. And then you add in the 500,000 pounds of the Earth's crust that you must remove all of those elements that go into making just one battery. Or you could just go right down to the street and pour yourself up a little gasoline, 87. So it, it's, it's, it's a lie. I mean, I'm all for figuring out better ways to make zero emissions, but we have to be real. We have to live in the city of Realville, and it looks to me like the development of the materials needed for an electric battery are far more outweighing what it takes to draw a little bit of liquid gold out of the ground, you know? 
I mean, does that make any sense to you? Are you getting the picture here? This this idiot senator from from Michigan goes on about bragging how all she has to do is power her vehicle at home, and she doesn't realize all of the stuff that went into that one battery took out 200,000 square feet of a mountain somewhere in China. So that's where we'll leave it today. Just a few uh, exposés, and that's where we'll leave it. Until next time, again, my website, thejimwatkinsshow.online. You can communicate with me there, or you can join me here. And as always, thanks for stopping by.